Good morning and welcome to the Spring Forth Podcast, a ministry of First Congregational Church of McGregor, Iowa. Happy Easter! We made it. We have been wrapping our minds around Easter Sunday since we realized that we were going to have to spend it in our homes. And we've been thinking, what is going to happen to our Easter? But I'm happy that you're able to join me on this platform that we might worship together in spirit and in truth. At a time like this, when the triumph of death seems inevitable and the suffering around us makes us want to turn away, we commit to resurrection. In the secret chambers where power brokers meet, 
we commit to making the voice of life and justice heard. In the crisis moments, when quick decisions must be made that hold human lives in the balance, we commit to making peace and coexistence. The challenge we raise in the forgotten corners where the powerless and the poor daily walk in the valley of the shadow of death, we commit to equity, compassion, and giving. In the dying places on our planet where human carelessness and consumption have threatened the survival of all we commit to simplicity and sustainability. As you stand among us now, Jesus, in your resurrected glory, may we know the power of your life. May we turn away from death and may we become agents of resurrection wherever we find ourselves. Amen. first reading for Easter comes to us from Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, 
Anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message that he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The second reading comes to us from Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. The Easter Gospel, Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes was white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised. And he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of the Easter Gospel. Amen.
This message is also simulcast on our Springforth podcast. You can check the link at the bottom of this feed for the rest of that program. Let us pray. Loving and most merciful God, we thank you for this Easter Sunday. We ask today that you would kindle all hearts and minds as one, as we, your people, your faithful, gather to hear the Easter narrative and to find ourselves once again compelled by this strong and powerful story. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. Bless, keep, and guide us in Jesus' name. On that first Easter morning, two Marys made their way to the tomb of Jesus. They went there to grieve. They went there to collect themselves. They went, as is our custom, to reflect on the life that was lost. As they arrived at the tomb, there was a sudden sound. An angel of heaven came down from heaven rolled the stone away. He was like lightning and his clothes a dazzling white. Now the guards that were posted there to prevent any foul play fainted away. They became like dead men. But the angel had a message for the Marys. Do not be afraid. I know that you were seeking Jesus, but he has been raised. The angel invites them to look inside the tomb, to see that he is not there. But before they can sort of delay themselves, he says, you must go. Tell the other disciples that Jesus is raised and that he is on his way to Galilee. There he will meet the other disciples. So they go with fear and great joy to go and see this thing that has happened. As they are departing, they meet Jesus along the way. He greets them. He says, greetings. They fall down at his feet. They worship him. But he too says, do not be afraid. But go and tell the others, tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There I will meet them. This first Easter, we find the women who had a set of expectations. There was one thing that they were encountering, one thing that they thought was going to be the real deal. They'll get to the tomb. Jesus will be dead. Maybe the guards will help them roll the stone away so they can anoint the body, at least see it, and spend some time in their grief. So they had a routine set out for them. They were all set. But there was going to be a break in their routine a break in that Easter morning. The thing that they were expecting was not to be so. In fact, they found out that their discovery was even better than they imagined. Because when they get there, they learn the news that Jesus is not dead. The angel was so sincere when he told them, do not be afraid, I know who you're looking for. I know you're looking for Jesus, but he is not here. He's already on his way to Galilee, but what you need to do is you need to go and tell the others because you got to catch up with him. He's going to meet you there. This year we're experiencing an Easter that has an obvious break in our routine, and we are a people who are ordered by routine. 
when we set our schedules, when we set our plans, when we determine where we have to be and where we have to go, we don't want to break with that. And now we find ourselves in a world where routines are being reconfigured, reimagined. We are being redirected, forced into a new way of existence. In our anticipation towards Easter 2020, I had imagined Easter to be very similar to Easter's past. Our congregation would gather at Pikes Peak State Park in Iowa, overlooking the Mississippi River at sunrise. The sun would rise, we would worship together in our coats and our hats and our blankets and whatever we need to stay warm mostly being warmed by the retelling of the Easter story. And then some hot coffee, chocolate, or tea that would follow after the service. Once our sunrise service would be completed, we would then return to our respective houses of worship, where we would celebrate all over again with familiar friends and faces and familiar surroundings. We would greet one another. We would pass the peace. We would be joyful because the Easter story is one that you cannot encounter without feeling some sense of joy. We would be one. And then we'd have fellowship where we would fill ourselves with all of the sugar that you can stand. Then I would encourage people to take the Easter lilies home because I know how rapidly they deteriorate and, and I just, we can't have the mess in the sanctuary, so please take the lilies home. That's Easter as I had envisioned it. This business of talking to a camera, that I didn't plan on that. I'm not equipped. Way out of my depth. So our routine as a worshiping people has been broken, and I would say that Easter 2020 is met with great Fear and annoyance that we have been forced into a new routine, not because we chose, but because situations beyond our control have forced us to do a new thing. So I think we can relate with the women in terms of their fear and their great joy. Part of their joy, obviously, is that when they went to the tomb, they were looking for the dead body of Jesus. When they arrived, they met a very kindly angel who says, you're looking in the wrong place. This is the place of the dead. The guy that you're seeking is very much alive. So that's joy. I mean, that's obvious joy. It's like, hey, this is even better than we imagined. The guy's not dead, he's alive. And not only that, but he's on his way to Galilee. We've got to play some catch-up. Then the other thing is, is that they still had their fear. If an angel had greeted me, or any one of us, there would be some measure of fear in that, just comprehending this is a messenger of God. We weigh what they're telling us, we weigh the information that's coming to us, but we're still sort of caught up in the fact that I'm talking to a messenger of God. Then you'd wonder, okay, if Jesus is raised, what does he look like? I mean, is he okay? Is he all scarred up? 
is he right in the head? I mean, these would be the kind of things that I would ponder as I'm going to see someone that was last seen being laid in a tomb. But they don't have time for that because the angel's like, look, don't waste any time. Go and tell the other disciples, go to Galilee. There you will see Jesus. So their fear and their joy combined compels them. They are compelled to see the unfolding of this good news. They meet Jesus along the way. He greets them and also encourages them not to be afraid. It's very important in the Easter story that when your last recollection of someone was that they were no more, they are gone, they are dead, and now they're standing before you and telling you, peace be with you, it requires some sort of mental adjustment to settle into that incredible thing that's happening before you. And he too reminds them, Go, tell my brothers that I will meet them in Galilee. That's good news. So I was thinking about our Easter transition and our Easter routine, the fact that we cannot be together as we customarily are. The fact that now we are relying upon digital platforms, a lot of cameras, a lot of microphones, a lot of audio, bringing us together. Computers have never proven more important than now to keep the body of Christ together. And as I have been seeing the unfolding of the creative ways in which houses of worship, worship leaders, pastors, and a very committed laity are coming together to bring about this new realization of God, I'm saying that this Easter actually is quite extraordinary, at least for me to witness. Now we have people who are interacting with a lot of different worship platforms. They're dipping and peeking inside of other people's sanctuaries, listening to a variety of different messages coming from all over the nation and all over the world. Our denominational lines have melted away. Some of us are even taking in several worship services on a Sunday. Any feed that we can get, we'll bop from one and we'll go to another and then we'll go to another until we are saturated in the Word of God. And it's having an effect on us. It's having a profound effect on us. This is not, this is not the work of desperate individuals who've got nothing to watch on television. There's plenty of stuff to watch on television, but there is this hunger for seeing how God is manifesting in the midst of this pandemic. How God is doing a new thing. And we're seeing that new thing played out in a variety of ways. And I do not believe that we can ever go back to the same ways of understanding, the same ways of living, the same ways of comprehending when this is all said and done. We are going to be reborn as new people with a new awareness, because we've heard or experienced something through this isolation and this social distancing that has caused us to embrace and reconnect with our faith as never before. I kind of fear for the many ministers who are being sized up against so many other pastors right now, and we never wanted this to be a competition. i got enough competition in my own household with my pastor wife. I know that's the reason why I'm doing video, because some of you shamed me and say, well, Laura can do video. What's your problem? 
right, you know what? When we get back together, we're going to have some conversations. Okay, we're, gonna have, we're just going to talk plainly. No cameras, no mics. Just pass through the congregation and say, and what was all this about video? But we are now stepping outside of the box in order that we too are being resurrected in a new image. So this Easter, though we celebrate at a distance, this Easter, though we find ourselves maligned by this disease that says, stay home, stay back six feet, wear masks, and the constant news reports that tell us of the count of infections as they keep going up and keep going up and people succumbing to it, there have been people also who have survived. But we cannot look away from the intensity of those whose lives are being taken up by this disease. And it does affect our outlook in the world. So yes, we can relate with the fear of those two Marys. We can relate with the fear of a certain set of expectations, a certain direction, and then not being able to embrace that because God has done a new thing, God has redirected us, and perhaps maybe we're slow to catch up. But I want to encourage you on this Easter morning, on this day that you celebrate with those in your household, with those that you have come to get to know and understand, and maybe even some of you hearing your relatives, hearing your spouse, hearing your children, with distinctly new ears, because we've had so much time to really converse and to get to know one another, that all of us are being remade in the image of God. So this Easter is profound because we have spent so much time falling back on the benefits of our faith. Faith is no longer academic, not that it ever was, but now it has become such a mainstay it's so important, it's essential to our very being that this Easter is unlike any other Easter because it meets us in isolation. And that's where those women were. They were isolated from Jesus because of his death. They went to the tomb just to be close to him. Even if it was only his dead body, they could still be close to his body and therefore feel close to him. Imagine their surprise. Imagine their surprise when they realized that death could not separate them from him. That death was just a little hiccup. And that what they really have to contend with is this invitation. The Easter story always comes to us with an invitation. Easter is not business as usual. You go, yeah, man, it's Easter. I got my lily. I'm, I'm, I'm dressed, I'm smelling good, and looking pretty. Easter is a share and invite. Share the good news. Invite others to experience it. And we don't have to wait until we are able to roam about our communities as we did once before. We can begin to share right now. Whatever you are using to, to watch this video or to listen to this podcast, whatever you are using right now, you use that same device and that same platform to share the good news with those at a distance. 
And it's not just so much a question of bouncing the link about, but actually having your thoughts, having your opinions, having your ideas attached to it, and saying, you know what? I went into Easter feeling a little iffy, feeling a little temporary about myself. I went into Easter not quite knowing if this day was going to have the same punch to it because I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't see my relatives. I couldn't go to my church. I couldn't, I couldn't get angry because somebody else was in my pew. I have even been robbed of that annoyance. Couldn't find a parking place. You know, all the usual aggravation that comes with Easter, all of that's been removed. It's us worshiping right where we are, the best way we know how. But the intensity of the story has not changed. It's still very effective. It still warms our hearts and compels us to be better people. To say, you know what, I, I, want, I want that angel's message to be my message. I want to be compelled to go and to share that good news. I want to live in a new reality. I await the dawning of a new day. Friends, this, we're not going to be at this forever. We will be back in our space in the future. I can't say when, but I'm hopeful, and I trust that you are hopeful, that we will be back together in our worship space. And it will be glorious. It will be incredible. But until that time, remember that you are an Easter person, created beautifully in the image of God, imbued with God's gifts. We are the agents that can bring and keep God's light in the world. May the Lord bless and keep you now and always. May you celebrate Easter not with frustration, not with fear, not with aggravation, but remember that the power of God lives and courses in and through you. Let that be your message of hope, and let everyone that you know receive that message from you. Let us pray. Beloved and most merciful God, we give you thanks and praise for all that you have done for us, for the opportunity for us to connect, to hear your message, to dwell on it, and to be reminded that this time of pandemic does not break us down, does not deter us, but only provides for us the extra measure of encouragement that we need. We are your people. Sometimes we have fallen short and have not taken your invitation to heart. But in all things, we know that wherever we are, you will be there with us. So bless, keep, and guide us as only you can. We ask these things in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for joining us again on the Spring Forth podcast, a ministry of First Congregational Church of McGregor, Iowa. Today was a special Easter extravaganza. I want to thank our contributors, Dawn Kelch, with her rendition of Laura Story's Blessings. You can find the link to her video in the show notes. And I also wish to thank Douglas Schaefer, organist and director of music of the First United Methodist Church, Cedar Falls, Iowa.
Mr. Schaefer is the former organist of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Lansing, Iowa. Yes, it is true. I have a connection. God bless you. Happy Easter. We'll see you soon. Thank you.